0: Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought provoking perspectives. Now, here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse.
1: Hey, welcome, friends. Uh, my name is Justin Kim, and you are on Inverse. And whether you're listening by podcast or watching through audio, we want to say welcome to each one of you out there. I also want to say welcome to Jonathan and Siku and. Thank you. Uh, Israel. Israel. Yeah. <laughs> Israel. Yeah. That's his name. We have been with it. Our team has been together. We have lost our two dear friends, uh, Callie and Sebastian. They are ministering in different fields and different ways. And we want to say a shout out to, all of, to two of you guys if you're if you're watching. And uh, we are, uh, we've are we been with us. We've been with us. We've been with yeah. our, each other, together. our team. Our mm-hmm. team has been with us Unity. We been we've, together. Been together. we've been together. <laughs> we've been together. We've been together for about, what, 10 weeks now. And we yeah. are on episode 11. And we're looking at the topic of Adventist heritage, different vignettes in from the 1844 onwards that describe the characteristics of our church. And there's just one particular characteristic that we'd like to cover today about the gospel in action. That's the episode's name. That's the lesson's name. If you go to inversebible.org, you can download our Bible study guide on the topic of Adventist heritage. And looking at the gospel in action, like what does that mean? That sounds a little ambiguous, maybe a little, um, you know... Cheesy. Cheesy. I wasn't (laughs) going to use that word, but you said it (laughs) first, Israel. Uh, uh, What uh, 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 What uh, does uh, cheesy uh, mean? I want to... um, (laughs) Well, we appreciate the, the author who, who brought this topic to us, to our attention. Um, Israel, can you pray for us and, yeah. and uh, that we can get into the topic?
2: All right, let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we want to ask that you'll be with us as we study our topic today, that you'd bless us with your presence, and that you would bless this conversation and guide it. In Mm. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. Siku, can you describe the environment, the social milieu of of early Adventism, and not just what's happening in the church, but also what's happening, the social issues happening around the church or what the church is in the midst of?
0: Yes, so the Adventist church, I mean, the, ch- the church comes about at a time when, um, if you think about where U.S. history was in mm-hmm. that time, which I'm not a U.S. history buff. I am, I'm like a church history, <laughs> church history person. But um, in U.S. history at the time, like, mm-hmm. you know, you still had, you know, people who were enslaved, mm-hmm. you had enslaved people. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also had people who were, you know, speaking out against um, slavery. Uh, you had... At the time women did not have uh, the ability to vote um, and there were there were movements that were mm-hmm. going towards you know uh, I guess recognizing women as full human mm-hmm. you know and being capable of intellectually comprehending call it suffrage um, yeah women's yeah women suffrage, so issues. Women's suffrage mm-hmm. or suffrage mm-hmm. movement so there were there were social movements that were happening at the time those was, there was even movements um, to deal with like uh, health issues um, uh with 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 smoking and and those kind of things mm-hmm. in the social in, in the social sphere, like not also just alcohol, the alcohol prohibition, mm-hmm. yeah, and so. so these a lot
1: are- of a lot of a lot of social re- rhetoric. What's what's the word? Uh, a lot of um, I don't want to say noise because that's, it's important stuff, but just a lot of activity going on. I guess I just want to make the point very akin to today. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of uh, social rights movement activity mm-hmm. talk. You know, just that's that's the. Um, I don't know if in U.S. history, but maybe it webs and, and, and ebbs and flows, but webs. It ebbs and flows, uh, but th- very similar to our day, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And so what, what, how, what was the Adventist church's reaction to, to all this?
0: I mean, uh, f- uh, for one thing, like um, the the people who are joining the Advent movement, you have people coming in from d- different backgrounds, mm-hmm. right? Um, of note, uh, especially, you know, with, with, with respect to— the social movements that were happening at the time, uh, the person who ended up being the first president of the Adventist church when the church was organized, um, his name was John Byington. Mm-hmm. And he actually, before he became a Seventh-day Adventist, was an abolitionist. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a wealthy farm owner. He, he owned a huge farm like with a lot of land, and they were producing a lot. Really? A lot. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we
1: hear John Bonington all the time uh, as the first uh, General Conference president, and we just—he's kind of one of those, you know, Adventist trivia answers. <laughs> but I don't know any
0: stories about him. Yeah, no. I mean, he was—he was pretty well off, actually. Um, Had a cool beard. <laughs> yeah, actually, um, Ellen White uh, wrote him a letter rebuking him for his for being worldly oh. at at a point because you know he retained his farm and was producing a lot. And I guess she was talking about, you know, being more sacrificial in his giving and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. But mm-hmm. he was a well-off guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, his farm actually was a stop for in the Underground uh, oh, 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 Railroad. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um Yeah. For slaves who were escaping slavery from the south, mm-hmm. you know, and, and going up northward. And he was actively involved in, you know, in the abolition movement in Lobbying, you know, politically, you know, for the eradication of slavery mm. and that kind of thing, and then he became Seventh Day Adventist in 1852 mm-hmm. um, after reading, actually, a copy of the Adventist Review, um, and he he accepted the Advent faith. It becomes a Seventh Day Adventist, and his focus switches. Not wow. that he stopped just from
1: the reading of the magazine. Mm-hmm. Reading the magazine, yeah. Wow. <laughs> you can go to com and check it out. Uh, if you don't know and haven't caught the news that CQ and I are our editors of the Adventist Review and just to learn about the historical legacy has been just a huge blessing to us mm-hmm. and to see the ramifications and still in existence today is a great responsibility and uh, a privilege. Yeah, so I just want to make that shameless plug there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but Sorry you know,
0: he he, re- he reads Adventist Review. He becomes Adventist, and so his focus. At, like in 1952, you don't see him as active any longer mm. with with abolitionism. Not that he stops carrying, mm. but he switches his focus, and his focus becomes on preaching the gospel. You know, and preaching the the Advent message. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says, like to me, like when I look at his life, um, it it's not it, it's not. Necess- you don't have to stop caring about mm-hmm. you know social issues to be a to be a committed Seventh Day Adventist, mm-hmm. but Seventh Day Adventism actually embraces all all the the issues like the the the, the injustice that people experience, yes. you know, um, health issues, and we were talking about like the temperance movement, like all of these things that the Advent the Advent message encompasses all of these things. Mm-hmm. So you could be somebody who cares about. You know the issues that are facing a particular people group, whether it's you know the n- Aboriginal native people of your of your country, mm-hmm. um, and be a Seventh Day Adventist because it's actually embraced in the message of Seventh Day Adventism. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, it's very interesting, and I think uh, you just just nuance that there was a cultural and social uh, milieu that Adventism was in. And there was a lot of issues and a lot of uh, causes, but the Adventist Church was very keen on which causes they were involved in
0: and, and how and they how. were involved.
1: And you see that, like at least uh, in the secular context, I mean, you had the 1840s, 1849, the Great Gold Rush, and then people are going to California. You had stock and economic or whatever going on. Uh, the Adventist Church really not get involved in that mm-hmm. you know, there's just not a lot of reference to, even though that was the predominant thing in all the newspapers and then when it comes to uh, the politics they were only involved selectively on some of these moral issues uh, there was confusion back then also whether or how much the church should get involved there are other churches that were completely subsumed in this mm-hmm. and so just to say that hey the Adventist Church was really involved in social causes back then therefore we should be involved in the social causes today is a nuanced situation statement because mm-hmm. they were saying that where does the bible intersect with society on moral issues and that's where the adventist church should should to, to personally as as individuals mm-hmm. come on in its stances on mm-hmm. rather than just not given every issue out there just because it's an issue mm-hmm. and
0: and i think the, the the neat thing like if you look at even looking at the writings of ellen white like mm-hmm. um the, the 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 pamphlet that she wrote the on the southern work mm-hmm. that was written like in 1898 which at the time you don't have um you, slavery still exists mm. right mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. abolition movement is still going on mm-hmm. but she's writing that we need to as a people do work for you know the emancipated emancipated slaves mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so this this is not just about being like with, with what's cool and what's current. Mm-hmm. It's about with it's it's mm-hmm. about being biblical, mm-hmm. you know, and it's about the mission and, and doing the right thing regardless of what is popular in society or what it costs mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Um and that that was that was what I, was at the core of, you mm-hmm. know, the activism so mm-hmm. to speak. Yeah. It was yeah. based in the Bible, in the message and in the mission of the church.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Ellen White was pretty pretty radical for her time. I mean in eighteen fifties she advocated, you know, not to uh, um, uh, uh, abide by the fugitive uh, what is it called the, the fugitive um, slave act uh-huh. to, to return. return a slave to the master mm-hmm. she said do not like as Adventists we cannot follow this kind of law mm-hmm. We're, we want to be good citizens but when, when the laws of the land um, clash with the laws of God mm-hmm. um, then we, we abide by by the law of God, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so she she promoted and advocated that we should not abide by that. Awesome civil mm-hmm. disobedience based yes. on scripture. Yes, awesome, awesome. Perhaps, definitely awesome. 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 I
2: think I think what we have to understand when we're looking at these issues is that they they also were looking at them from a more complex and uh, wide perspective. Like one of the principles, for example, in in dealing with the issues of slavery or the work in the South, was the fact that um, as as uh, Siegel was saying there was a radical there was a radical commitment to scripture and if you look at what she says in the desire of ages when it comes to the story of the good samaritan it says you know she's, she her belief was that regardless of what happens when you study the life of christ as it is expressed in the parable of the good samaritan he's a good samaritan right it says even though he himself is at risk of death uh, he doesn't consider himself. Doesn't consider what happens if the rules were reversed. You know, this person who was injured would not help uh, the Samaritan. Doesn't consider anything except the fact that this person needs him right now. Mm-hmm. And then she says, like some of the most radical things, like, you know, our neighbor is the person who needs us in that moment, mm-hmm. and we should do everything. We should use. All of our resources. We should put our own safety at risk. We should do whatever it takes to help our neighbor who is hurt or who is in pain. And and when when we talk about when we talk about social justice issues today and our need to advocate and our need to um, you know support the downtrodden and so forth, we have no idea what we're talking about within the context of what the church used to do. Mm. You know, I mean, the fact that you know, J or Edson White, you know, put his life at risk, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, and I'm not going to I'm not trying to blast marches and signing petitions and stuff like that. But that is not enough. You Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. there are social justice issues that are taking place every single day of our lives. Mm -hmm. The homeless person that doesn't have a place to eat, Mm -hmm. the people that are in danger who we ignore, people that we come in contact with all the time that we do absolutely nothing Mm -hmm. to help Yet we're willing to sit behind a little computer. So and not synaptism. just
1: uh, the propaganda, political propaganda component, or yeah. a click a, click a, click click the click the click clickivism I don't know if
2: that's a word. I'm just I
1: was trying to help you. Uh, but yeah, no, there I mean, that that is our generation, right? Yeah. We're like, I'm gonna get involved. Click <laughs> click click click. I'm involved. You know, we yeah. change the world. But you're saying actually one to one person interaction,
3: and that is the gospel in action. It the gospel cannot be. You know applied by proxy i mean mm-hmm. yeah you can donate to a good cause and, yes. and someone will do the work yes but god is calling us individually to be involved yes. to the personal work because at the end of the day we're helping them because we love them mm-hmm. but we also want to bring the gospel to them mm-hmm. in actions and in words eventually mm-hmm. so the the idea is that we are we are god's hands god's feet and not just some organization. There's nothing wrong with organizations that do good work, and we should support them. And it they it, it can often be effective when there's large issues, you know, natural catastrophes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But the 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 lot of of some some people who are in really terrible situations that might be our neighbors or you know down the street, they matter too. It's mm-hmm. not just oh, okay, like oh, this issue, and as you said, the, the click clicktivism. Mm-hmm. Um, but the gospel in action is a personal work.
1: Yeah. Uh, We referenced uh, Edison White, and I just want to talk about him Mm. a little bit. I I, I, I like the story, Mm -hmm. uh, and it illustrates what you're saying, uh, because you see that Edison White was one of the the two sons of Ellen White. Mm -hmm. Ellen White, one of our church pioneers, she had four Mm -hmm. sons. The oldest one died, the youngest one died, and you have the two. And I just like the story because I have two sons. Mm -hmm. Uh, Unfortunately, one son was the wayward one, and one son was the good one. Mm. Uh, Edison was the one that would go around to the GC leadership, general conference leadership headquarters and just say oh just borrow a lot of money in the name of dad and mom and then just just splurge it on whatever he was kind of the classic uh what we what we call pk uh pastor's kid and then you had willie who was like the angel would follow mom around everywhere would help her preach would help her drive places not not drive but anyway do all the accompanying of traveling And just to give um, some encouragement to those who have been praying for their children, it -hmm. wasn't until Edson was 44 years old Mm -hmm. that, you know, and and Sister White, we call her Sister White, uh, just just was praying for her son, yearning for her son. Mm -hmm. I mean, she understood the, the dissonance that or not distance, wrong word, the, the pain really mm-hmm. at the end of the day that the parents have when their children aren't aren't in the Lord. Anyway, at forty four she he finally writes a letter mm-hmm. and says, uh, my paraphrase, Mother, I finally met Jesus after wow. all these years. I finally met. And I just remember there's another story where he Edson was meeting his wife and Ellen White says, Don't marry each other not because, you know, to the to the girl, not because you're bad. <laughs> it's because my own son <laughs> is is bad that you shouldn't marry him. But they married anyway and they they got into whatever lifestyle they did. About forty-four, both of them got involved, and they bought a what is it? A river boat, a river steamboat, mm-hmm. and they Star. served the Morning Star, and they served the southern regions of the Mississippi. And Risky business. A risky yeah, business, yeah. okay, um, and <laughs> <laughs> I was the Mississippi, and then you're like risky business, yeah. Uh, uh, no, 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 and then there's different floors of, of the of the yeah. Morning Star, of the Riverboat, and so in there there was a a, a, a publishing house, there was a little cool. um, hydrotherapy. Uh, um, uh, Wellness center, wellness center kind of thing. <laughs> um, There's a church there. There was there were classes. So it's so he would park along the the riverside and then invite people and especially with the what they called back then the colored uh, community. Mm-hmm. And then I mean here was a white guy. I mean literally his last name is White, you know, and he's a white guy, <laughs> and oh, he's yeah. going into these these uh, black minority communities. Slave? I don't know if there were slaves or I don't know the actual details. Slaves. But he's—I mean—he's he's manifesting what you're saying. He's not up in the north, so only protesting mm-hmm. with a sign. But he's out there, hand in hand, yeah, teaching, mm-hmm. healing, preaching, uh, doing the gospel work yeah. with them, and helping out of the political cause as well mm-hmm. in a very implicit manner. Yes. I think that's just awesome. That's yeah. awesome. beautiful.
0: And it's—and it's at at personal risk. Right. it's yes, you know? yes, yes, yes. yeah, a sacrifice. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 being willing to put yourself out there, um, I think for we we haven't gone to the text yet but mm. when when we talk about in when Jesus comes right and and he sees those who he mm-hmm. welcomes into the kingdom and he talks about the the acts of service that they did and all mm-hmm. the things that they did they're doing this and and for them it's just it, it they they don't they're like when did we see you naked or whatever it's they're not doing it so that they can get points they're not mm. doing it to be super christians it's not like this is what's going to get me saved mm it's it's a natural outworking of their relationship with god mm-hmm. is this is how you interact with mm-hmm. the world around you and it's at it's at risk to yourself mm-hmm. right like visiting those who are poor, you know, like making sure people have poor. Well, see,
1: this a great segue. Let's go to Matthew 25. Uh, the accusation would be like, man, are you guys just talking about, you know, isn't this social gospel, are you just, hey, we should do uh, just good works because of the sake of, the, are you just being like with the salvation army and just, you know, all these things. Is there an eschatological component, which that's the other thing that we're finding in this mm-hmm. arc, that everything that they're doing is is there's an eschatological T- tone to everything not that they're doing it because jesus is coming but there's a certain relationship in light of that of jesus is coming right. um and then so all this you know quote social work that we're doing is there an eschatological component to it and it's very yeah. clear let's go to uh, matthew 25
2: as we go there real quick mm-hmm. i think something that's important to segue into this is the fact that it- just because as as we get into, you know, the time of the end, as we get closer and closer to return of Christ, it's not that new shifts are taking mm-hmm. place or new light is being developed. It's just that now what is happening is it gives us a context for the need to be more serious about what has all what we always should have been so true. serious yeah. about you know like the sabbath was there since creation you know mm-hmm. and it's and it, it it doesn't mean that now it's like a big deal it wasn't a big deal before it's like now more than ever it is a big deal yeah. it's always been a big deal but you've missed it make sure you don't miss it in the end this same thing like being like essentially exactly what you were saying being a christian which is being a christian right a follower <laughs> of christ right yes yes uh has always <laughs> been critical but as G- as Jesus is about to return, more and more should we emphasize the fact that if we are not genuine imitators of Christ, mm-hmm. regardless of what we call ourselves and mm-hmm. titles that we use mm-hmm. to identify, we are not Christians. And mm-hmm. so I think—I I just want to say that because— when it comes to the eschatological context, it doesn't mean that there's just all of a sudden a shift. It's, we should have That's been all right. these things all this time. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Hey, great. Great, 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 great uh, context there. Great reminder. Uh, let's go to Matthew 25, 31 to until uh, we get tired. That's 31.
3: Um, Jonathan, can you start? Sure. Us? When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, you clothed me, and I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When do we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when do we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Okay, verse 41, Israel, can you pick up?
2: Then he will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not take me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick, and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Assuredly, I say to you, Inasmuch as much as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. Mm -hmm. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into into eternal life. Mm. All right.
1: So you could connect these two together for us. What's going on here?
0: Connect the verses? Mm -hmm. Okay. To our
1: eschatological emphasis of the the gospel in action.
0: I mean, this is when Jesus comes, right? When Mm. Jesus comes as he is dividing those who have been faithful to him and those who have not what he uses is not theological knowledge mm. he's not like oh you knew this doctrine or you you've, you went to this church what he uses is what what actions that they carried out mm. toward their fellow humanity, giving food, which,
1: giving drink, taking in clothing, visiting and, and caring,
0: caring about those who are less fortunate yeah. than you are, um, which you know it, it goes to like the you know in James where he says you know show me show mm-hmm. me your faith and I, mm-hmm. and I'll show you my oh, faith okay. by my works right. right that the the works are not what saves you but the works are evidence of Genuine the faith, faith. that mm-hmm. you have and ultimately what's interesting is when Jesus says. He says, and based on their actions, it determines whether he says, I know you or I don't know you, Mm -hmm. right? So knowing Jesus results in this kind of behavior, right? It is rooted in the relationship with Jesus and says, I know you. By your works, and the reason that you're doing these works is because this is what I do. The the works that I was working, those are the works that you're working. And so there's a, there's not just a knowledge, an intellectual knowledge of who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. There's an experiential knowledge in terms of the way that we live our lives. We live like Jesus lived, mm-hmm. and when he comes, his sheep know his voice, right? There's a recognition of each other because you're living the life that Jesus lived, mm-hmm. and he's like, this is. You know, you're my you're my person. Mm, And there's kind of a delusion amongst those who think, you know, amongst us, you know, Christians Mm -hmm. who would think that if I have a head knowledge of who Jesus is, when Jesus comes, I'm like, hey, like, um, I want to go into the kingdom. And he's like, but your person, your being is not like me. Like, I don't know you. We're we're not the same Mm Material, person yeah. yeah we're not mm-hmm. made of the same stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No? yeah
2: mm-hmm. you know this is within the context of Ma- that we in the very 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 beginning of our time together we talked about the ten virgins mm. and sim- episode one yeah episode one and similar things and then there's also another parable the parable of the talents In every one of these situations, what's crazy about it is in the 10 virgins, they all have the the lamp, which was the Bible, right? Mm. They have a knowledge of scripture. When it comes to the next parable, the talents, they all have talents. They all have gifts. Uh, By the way, truth is a talent, right? Mm. Money is a talent. Life is a talent. Uh, Mm. The things that God gives us, these are talents. And so they have talents, right? Uh, And then now you have, once again, you're coming into actions, right? The use of what God has given uh, to the use of what God has given to us. What's crazy is in these situations is that what's differentiating these people is not whether some have access to the truth or to gifts or to uh, abilities. That's not what differentiates them. What differentiates them is what they do with what they have. Mm -hmm. Right. So in the parable of the ten virgins, yeah, they have a knowledge of the truth, but the truth has not. Filled their their souls, right? It has not had uh, uh, it has not had an impact in their daily life, and that's why they're lost. Mm. In the parable of the talents, you have the people that use the talents that God has given them, and those who don't. And then now you have essentially a very similar uh, reemphasis of the same thing. You have a group of people who say they know the Lord, right? But one of them, one of these groups of people even though they say they know god they don't know god because they don't know how to act like mm. him and 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 it's you know it kind of reminds me like for example there are some things that my children will do that they themselves don't know it's a representation of me right they'll say something or even respond to me we'll be having a conversation they'll say something or they'll do something And they don't know where it's coming from. They're unaware of the fact that they got that from me or from their mom, Mm -hmm. the way they act or the way they behave, because they have my DNA in them. And in this situation, these people, they're living out their lives unaware of the fact that the saving truth the grace of god has mm. so transformed, transformed. them wow. that they are christ-like without them wow. even acknowledging that mm, yeah. where mm. others are trying to are trying to be christ-like yet miss the whole point of what christlikeness is mm. and so i think the gospel in action is the gospel taking action in us and thereby affecting the way we live in society i, mean, mm. I mm-hmm.
0: it, it can it, it it i cannot but just quickly comment on like when we did Isaiah fifty eight. Yeah, I was just gonna say terms, that. The <laughs> oh, yeah. Go ahead. No, that's fine. Go ahead. <laughs> like the, the 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 things that Jesus recognizes them doing, it's almost verbatim what yes. Isaiah fifty eight talks about. Yeah. Like feeding the hungry, you know, clothing the naked, bringing in those who have nowhere to go, bringing in the destitute. That it's it's almost word for word. If we are truly keeping Sabbath, if we're having a Sabbath experience, um, an experience with God that is transformative which is what sabbath is ought to be Mm -hmm. that the result is like the true fast is of doing these acts Mm -hmm. and that's what the
3: eschatological connection is because it says that you the god's glory will then be seen in the world which is his character his love his truth revealed revelation 18 talks about the glory of god shining around the whole world in the the very end Mm -hmm. there needs to be one final push of truth and love for the whole world and that is the gospel in action you know by the indwelling Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. in His people. Mm-hmm. well thanks everyone
1: for this wonderful discussion on the gospel in action there are so many points that we haven't covered but hopefully this discussion has inspired all of you to get involved with taking Jesus's message and the gospel a little bit more seriously to the people around you as Israel wonderfully mentioned that this isn't an emphasis on social work or getting involved but it's just a continuation of our Christianity in light of Jesus's second coming we are looking at different vignettes of Adventism in history and hopefully this episode has inspired you. Next week we're going to look at another interesting moment in Adventism's history. Join us here on Inverse.
0: You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Daco, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, This is inverse.